Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today, we're speaking with Naveen Kunde. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Bant. I'm excited to talk to you. I also love the topic of innovation. Naveen is the head of open innovation at the Clorox company. Um, I, I don't know if the Clorox company needs much introduction. I think if you don't know who, who the Clorox company is, you know, you, you, you perhaps uh, have been living in a box for many, many years, but uh, Clorox company owns and it built amazing trusted brands, including Brita, Burt's Bees, Clorox, Fresh Step, Glad, Hidden Valley, Kingsford, Liquid Plumber, Pine Sol, Rainbow Light, and on and on and on. It's been a business that was founded in 1913 and has grown ever since. And we'll talk more about how Naveen and his team are pushing Clorox to the next level. But before we get there, tell us a little bit about yourself and your career. Thank you. Um, I grew up in India. I, uh, I'm from a business family in India, and I decided to uh, go to engineering school. Um, and went to the IITs because I wanted to just get the heck out of India. Um, it wasn't um, the India it is today back in the 70s and 80s when I was growing up. And uh, came to the US, followed the usual path, graduate school, um, you know, working. I worked in the aerospace industry, green card, MBA, consulting. You know, mm -hmm. A lot of people follow that path. Uh, but then I found my calling. Um, when I was a consultant, I was at the corporate executive board and I was working in their strategy and innovation practice. And that's when finally my juices started flowing. I was like, wow, um, this is exciting, interesting. You can't rest on your laurels. A strategy needs to shift all the time. Innovation is something that you can use to topple the big giants and you got to stay on top and continue innovating yourself if you want to stay relevant. And I just loved that space. And specifically, uh, open innovation, which is like a subset of innovation, which totally was in sync with my personal values. Um, open innovation is this idea that someone somewhere else is better, smarter, cheaper, faster than you are. Mm -hmm. And you are much better off partnering with them, listening to them, learning from them than oh, wow. just trying to do it all yourself. So, and I love so, that. Yeah. So tell me, Naveen, I mean, I, I like that model a lot, a lot, because we all know that, I mean, companies like Clorox have been innovative for generations. And, and certainly that's been a key part of why it's such a successful company. But open innovation seems like it's a, a relatively new and growing concept. Tell me more about how that works for the Clorox company. Yeah, so open innovation is a relatively new concept. Uh, you know, partnerships with suppliers and other ecosystem partners have been around for a long time. But uh, this concept was first uh, popularized by Henry Chesbro, who's at Berkeley in 2004. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I started working on it as a consultant. And then I really loved it because 
you need a curiosity and a level of humility to even embrace that concept. And the way Clorox company did it was because Clorox is about a tenth of the size of the big competitors like Procter and Unilever, they realized they couldn't go, you know, you know, punch for punch with these guys. But if we partnered with our suppliers, some of whom are huge, like Dow Chemical or BASF, we could compete with them. And so this idea that the world is your innovation lab or the world is your R&D lab, and you're better off framing up the consumer challenges and not getting too stuck up in the idea or the insight or the product has to come from us, mm-hmm. but we can do it in partnership with somebody else was what made open innovation tick at Clorox. I love that. Yeah. I love that why- idea. Yeah. And, I, and it's such a, a fascinating kind of moment in the world as cycles of business can continually accelerate and demand more new ideas, more innovation. It seems like open innovation is a great concept to to keep pace and embrace those opportunities. I mean, how, how is it manifesting itself with you guys? What are some of the things coming out of, of the work that you guys are doing? So in the in the beginning, the open innovation concept was mostly applied to suppliers, like I talked about, and you know, the usual suspects like universities. About 20 years ago, we did this giant joint venture with Procter and Gamble, which is a big competitor. That's in mm-hmm. a way a JV is like an open innovation as well. Like you're they are sharing their technology, we are sharing our market uh, and right. business knowledge, you're building a business together. Um, but now it's more and more about startups. And uh, we saw the startup wave coming maybe 10, 12 years ago. There was more yeah, and more yeah. financing going that way. And you've got a thousands and thousands of startups. You can't keep track of them all. So, <laughs> so you can use them for inspiration. You can use them to learn because 900 of them are going to fail and the 100 who succeed are going to disrupt you. Um, you have to think about um, also possibly partnering with them, acquiring them. Uh, but in general, you cannot ignore them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so startups are a big part of our open innovation ecosystem now. And that's cool. where we are investing in everything from just knowledge management of who's out there. Why are they working on X? Why is somebody, why is somebody uh, spending sleepless nights, uh, a, a precarious 401k plan and all kinds of stuff to work on an idea? What makes them believe in it so strongly? Yeah. I want to I want to understand that. I don't want to in, ignore that. And so yeah. as an organization, Clorox is evolving to paying close attention to not just our usual ecosystem partners like suppliers and universities and, and so on, but also uh, startups. Does that mean that you would partner with them, invest in them? How do those relationships establish we- and develop? We could potentially invest in them, but mostly it is uh, the way we engage is learning from them and partnering with them. A lot of times it's early stage partnering to bring a technology to market. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have access to the market, to the consumers. uh, Often they have the technology. So, you know, when I talked earlier about we partnered with the suppliers to like Dow Chemical, BASF, et cetera, to bring the technologies. Those are massive companies. But now a lot of the technologies are coming from these tiny startups. Right. It's the same concept. We'll take your technology to market to see if it can hunt. Um, we, the consumer doesn't care what deeply goes into their product. They want the product to do what they want, be on shelf at a price point that they can you know, uh, afford and do the job that they are trying to get done. And so we are mostly using startups as partners. Um, Occasionally we invest in them. Occasionally we buy them. 
uh, but mostly in a partnering setup. That's great. Now, I mean, I think of innovation uh, as such an interesting topic for the Clorox company in particular, really when I think about what's happened over the last couple of years. Um, I, like every other customer out there, uh, probably purchased hundreds, if not thousands of your products <laughs> during the pandemic. Thank you. As, as, Thank as, you. <laughs> as we were all panicked uh, and Clorox had one of the few products that was, uh, was uh, basically given the, the seal of approval by folks. Um, so, so there was a moment really where your products were moving extremely quickly. And I, I can only imagine that may have created a ton of challenges, probably from a supply chain perspective, I imagine. Mm -hmm. But then the other side of it is, I feel that, you know, the pandemic required just a level of uh, innovation uh, across the board, so many companies suddenly uh, opened their minds to the idea of new things because they were worried that the old way that they were doing things suddenly might not be relevant in a in a in a post pandemic society. And so it's kind of interesting. I'm just curious how that impact how that touched your world. You know, this idea of uh, our product is so successful. We really don't need to do anything. We can just sit back and ride this one, but probably it's stressing the system, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, there's this opportunity because I feel like um, I, I, the way I sometimes describe it, I think it's, the, it's the, the voice in the boardroom of every major company around the world that always said no to innovation suddenly was silence during the pandemic you know that that person was finally ignored because everyone went we got to do something <laughs> we got right yeah, so so yeah. i mean i'd just be curious to understand you know your experience during that period and how it impacted what you guys were working on in open innovation sure i can talk to that a little bit so uh, you, you're right a lot of the disruption that we felt you know there was a huge uh, spike in demand a lot of the disruption was around supply chain, us not being able to meet some of the um, sudden skyrocketing of demand. Um, we did the best we could. We yeah. quickly prioritized the part of our portfolio that was truly going to help with disinfection products and sort of deprioritized uh, some of the cleaning products, which are just about cleaning and not disinfection because Clorox can do both. And then we also, you know, ran our factories 24-7, whatever we could, but with safety in mind, you cannot right. put our employees at risk. Um, and we did the best we could, but then uh, there's a lot of supply. Uh, the supply chain is global. Um, yeah. the, the, there are, you know, containers that are stuck overseas. Yeah. There's all kinds of uh, challenges. Uh, there is a container ship that clogs up the Suez Canal. There's, there's, you know, talk about being in a VUCA world, right? Um, there's all kinds of stuff that our supply chain colleagues did a gallant job of fighting, but, you know, you, you, you only can do so much that's in your control. And um, from an innovation perspective, uh, a lot of our innovation is longer term. And so, uh, you know, we, we were already thinking about sustainability, uh, making wipes compostable is, you know, one, mm -hmm. one charge that we have, um, you know, thinking about reducing plastics, um, right. you know, some of those things are 
are longer term. They don't suddenly go away because of the pandemic. They get paused a little bit sometimes because you are trying to keep your business going. Um, but we continue working on them from an innovation perspective. Um, uh, we, you know, we we set our net zero goals, uh, you know, and uh, our uh, science-based targets goals, and so on. And we are continuing to work towards those. Um, so the innovation team that I lead, Band, is supports the open innovation folks support every business unit at Clorox, um, including uh, some uh, corporate uh, things like sustainability, uh, digital transformation. And so if you think about Burt's Bees, what are the challenges Burt's Bees will face versus right. what the cleaning business, which is taking off, right? And so in some cases, the businesses are doing really well. In other cases, they're struggling a little bit. And so you need to kind of the best thing about Clorox is that something's always working. And the worst thing is that something's always not working. So you always have something to, to work on. And right. uh, that keeps us on our toes. And so the way I'll answer your question is the open innovation team is always laser focused on what is the problem the business needs to solve mm-hmm. and how do we quickly learn from the external world, from the consumer from the customer, for us, customer is like Walmart, Amazon, Target, et cetera. Um, and then from our internal, what's happening within the company, but also what are the competitors doing? You're right. The competitive right. landscape was flooded with people who wanted to get to the wipes business. And yeah. that actually put more of a stress on the supply chain because everybody wanted the wipes. So, you know, that's, there's things you plan for and there are other things you just deal with as they come along. Yeah, it's a really interesting, and I, I think you kind of hit on something that uh, I was going to ask you a bit more about, but certainly uh, you guys are tracking some broader trends and the company, the Clorox company is making commitments in terms of its sustainability goals. And it does seem to me that like some lo- broader uh, business trends like that are shaping innovation. Tell me a little bit more about that type of work and what you're seeing in that space. So we are always consumer-led, and to the extent that the consumer deeply cares about the planet and uh, building, you know, having a sustainable planet, we are uh, working towards those. There are some parts of our portfolio that, uh, you know, use plastic, and we are trying to reduce that. There are other parts of our portfolio that lead the way in in being green. Uh, Birds bees is a is a prime example. So what where can we learn internally from within the different business units? Mm-hmm. Um, but some of these things are not challenges we can solve on our own. It has right. to be done across the industry, across the supply chain. Ninety five percent of our carbon emissions are scope three, and they come from you know our supply chain. So a lot of the uh, you know, effort has to happen through our uh, product supply organization. Um, And then R&D, we are trying to track what is the the carbon uh, footprint of any new product that we put out there. Is it better than uh, than what we are replacing it with? How do we even measure that? Is that consumer acceptable? Um, You know, and and so on. So we are are doing what we can to uh, get better. This is not going to happen overnight, but we are making progress every year towards some of our SBT goals um, and, uh, you know, the eventual goal of getting to net zero. I'm not the expert in that space. We have a lot of people within the corporate center for sustainability that that can talk to that better than I can. Uh, But from an open innovation perspective, I have one person dedicated to supporting all sustainability related 
projects within the company because a lot of the work is happening outside of our company and we need to learn we talked about startups earlier there's Mm -hmm. a tons of startups that are working on things from mechanical recycling to chemical recycling uh, you know a lot of people working on bio-based resins for example Um, but some of these things they don't work (laughs) <laughs> you, 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 you may want them to, but they don't work as effectively as you want. And so can you imagine a glad trash bag that may, is made from bioresin mushrooms, let's say, but you put trash in it and it collapses. That's not cool. The consumer right. wants it to work. So, right. so trying to find that balance is, is really what we work towards. But um, we are staying on the leading edge and cutting edge of what's going on so that we can actually innovate it's yeah. not just ideate and invent but innovate is where you take it to market yeah. and you build a business out of it and yeah. that's that's what i love about innovation i come from a business family as i said it's about building a business for the future mm-hmm. not just inventing a bunch of things that may not lead themselves to um you know applications in real life yeah, I, I would imagine that probably one of the filters you have to run your ideas and innovations through is, is this a good one? Is this, is this effective? And then is it scalable, right? I mean, is it because, uh, you know, the Clorox company doesn't play just locally, right? <laughs> now, is it scalable? Is it profitable? Yeah. Is it something that we can build a sustainable business on? Is there a business model that's compatible with our existing business models? Or do we mm-hmm. need to learn from somebody else? Uh, you know, and that's another place that our team plays is we rapidly can learn from others. Going back to that open innovation concept of being humble and curious. You mm-hmm. say, listen, there is this a new way of doing things. I don't know how to do it. But I can learn. And that's what growth mindset is all about, right? Yeah. You say, I don't know, but I'm going to learn. And who do you turn to when you want to learn? You turn to the open innovation team. Right. And they say, hey, guys, can you help me learn about X, whatever it might be? And then we will help them learn about it. And then they can decide how that is fitting in with their operations, with the business, with the profit model, because it's not just about product market fit. You're a startup CEO, you know. Yeah. It's not just about product market fit. You still need to build a team, a management team. You yep. need to build the ops. You need accounts receivable and all the boring stuff that people never pay attention to and build your operations of the company to build your profitable business. Yeah, I didn't even think about the operations side of it, but that's absolutely critical and how to do that uh, effectively. Well, Naveen, I mean, we've been covering a ton of stuff. I mean, here we are, 2022, looking into 2023 now. What does the near future look like for you guys? You know, I think the near future, I'm I'm just very focused right now on this idea of I'm seeing more and more that the challenges that we are facing as a society, as a planet, whether it's, uh, you know, business challenges or whether it's... Um, you know, planetary sustainability type challenges are not ones that can be solved by any one team or any one company or sometimes even any one nation or industry. And there is this massive need for collaboration, which is what gives me a lot of energy being in the open innovation space. I mean, I, once I came across open innovation in, in consulting, like 15 years ago, I stayed in it because I love the space and there's so much you can do. No matter what the problem, you can find somebody to partner with, learn from, collaborate to solve the meaningful problems you choose to focus on. And the near future looks bright because we have the processes, we have a 
really good staff, people who understand how to collaborate and listen mm. to what's happening elsewhere and then partner with them. Right. And only when we partner with others on problems that are complex and truly matter, um, and, and it has to be a give and take. Both parties have to win. And it takes time right. and patience, which is not always given to us, but we plug away at the problems long-term. And uh, that's what the future looks like. I think some of these challenges, uh, sustainability and, and others that we've talked about, uh, there's another pandemic coming. We don't know where it's coming from, but it'll be there. You see the gap between the pandemics getting shorter and shorter over the yeah. years. Uh, you know, it was Zika a few years ago during the football World yeah. Cup in, you know, in Brazil. Before that, it was MERS. Before that, it was SARS-2. Before that, it was SARS. I mean, and then back in the 90s, I don't remember a lot of pandemics. And now it's getting <laughs> shorter and shorter, right? So this concept of collaboration, and from that, I'm, I'm doing a lot of thinking around inclusion, and inclusion-focused innovation. I was looking at that uh, today, Naveen. I mean, the two concepts, I, I think that that's almost self-explanatory, you know, inclusion-focused innovation, embracing kind of an inclusive solution from different shareholders, different communities, you know, racially, geographically, socioeconomically. It's, uh, it's an incredible idea. And then the idea of a solution-oriented collaboration approach is, you know, I listen to you and I just, I just, uh, I really am excited because it's such a positive take on, on that issue at a time when perhaps some people feel maybe we're not as collaborative as we should be, but you're absolutely right. We have to find a way to collectively solve these really big, hairy, audacious challenges that we face together. Um, and it sounds like you're, you, you guys are working on that. Naveen, it's been amazing having you on the Uncaged show today. We've been speaking with Naveen Kunde. He is the head of open innovation at the Clorox company. Naveen, if someone wanted to reach you, where should they find you and learn more about what you and your team are working on? You can reach out to me on LinkedIn. It's Naveen Kunde. There's only one Naveen Kunde that I know of. Uh, <laughs> that's me. Uh, easy to find. I'm on Twitter. And uh, you can also contact me at the Clorox company, uh, naveen.kunde at clorox.com. Yeah, but the LinkedIn is probably the easiest way to get hold of me. So uh, yeah, connect with me and uh, happy, happy to talk more. And I have a lot of passion for inclusion and belonging because without that, we are not going to innovate. Without everybody bringing in their full self and sharing their doubts and their energy and all of that, uh, we are not going to be able to solve society's problems or any company's problems. So um, happy to talk more at length on those topics. Wonderful. Well, Naveen, thank you so much for joining us today. And we look forward to having you back. Thank you so much, Ben. Cheers. Thank you.